Would you clap your hands unto the Lord this morning? Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I don't know if it was life or the devil or a combination of both, but um, it's hard to stay saved and travel. Amen. Lord, help my flesh. Uh, but I appreciate so much the faithfulness of God, the provisions of God, even in the small things. He's faithful. Even in the small things, he's faithful. Amen. I'm so happy to be here today. And uh, I know that there has been a lot of transition in the past few weeks and has led up to this moment or moments like this. But uh, I have to constantly remind myself that since this is God's church, he can do with it what he wants to. And as long as we're all in God's church, we're all all right. Amen. Sometimes you go through uh, congregational changes, pastoral changes, leadership changes. N- n- don't read anything into what I'm saying. I'm just trying to be general here. And people uh, get a little spastic because we do not like change. We live in the world of five senses and uh, we like control. Believe it or not, we, we like control. We like for things to stay the same. At least I do. You, you may be that one of a kind or one of a million, but I'm pretty common. I, I, I like things to stay like they are. But if things stay like they are, then they'll always be what they've always been. And I'm a little tired of things being like they've always been. So bring on the new. A whole lot more good response on this side than this side. So I'll just turn this way. Amen. Bring on the new. Bring on the new. Challenge us in the Holy Ghost. Make us better. Amen. And uh, most places can say when they, or most evangelists say when they've had revival at places and extended time, the congregations grow. <laughs> I can honestly say this thing's about half the size it is now than when I started. So... You might as well laugh. We're going to have a good time regardless. Amen. I love the Lord today. I really love the Lord today. We have, we have sang here today, and there is such a beautiful presence of the Lord here. Um, and that's what I want to try to preach about here a little bit today. I feel so torn um, in just what I want to say and how to say it and to get it across at the level uh, that I really feel it needs to get across here today. Um, God is a good God. We, we serve a good God. And, and I, don't, I don't know how you feel. I can't answer for you. But I, I am reminded again this morning in the presence of God that I can't live one day without him. Please don't let that just be a Pentecostal cliche here today. I need Jesus. I need him every hour of every day. I need him every second. I need him in every way. I need him in the good times. I need him in the bad times. I need him when he blesses me. I need him when he takes things away from me. It's not things I need. I need him. I need him. Would you do me a favor and just lift your hands and just relax just a moment And take a minute here and just talk to him. Voices and hands raised. Father, we so love you today. We are so thankful.
for all that you have done for us. Your presence is so beautiful and rich here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Don't be uncomfortable with the intimacy of the moment. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. Thank you for being here today, Pastor Wright. Thank you for the privilege of being back. And uh, I believe that the Lord is definitely not finished. Um, and we'll try to preach a little bit about that here this morning. But if you have your Bibles, uh, the book of Second Samuel, First Samuel chapter 3, I uh, want to do what I really feel in the Holy Ghost here today and uh, see if we can get to where the Lord wants us to go. First Samuel chapter 3, verse number 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And as the word of the Lord was precious in those days, for there was no open vision. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. The ear of the lamp of God went out of the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, here am I for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went down lay down verse number six and the lord called yet again and it repeated itself and then verse number seven now samuel did not know yet the lord neither was the word of the lord yet revealed unto him and then verse eight and the lord called samuel again the third time and he arose and went to eli and he said here am i for thou didst call me and eli perceived that the lord had called the child Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Talk to me now because I'm ready to hear. And it took me a while to get here and I had to remove some obstacles out of my life. But I think I'm capable now of hearing. I want to preach to you today. I don't know that I've ever preached what I'm going to preach to you here today. That's how fresh and new and full of direction I think this is. But I just want to preach to you on the importance of not losing Jesus. The importance of not losing Jesus. Would you do it again? Lift your hands and your voice and just talk to the Lord. Lord, we love you today. Jesus name, Jesus name, Jesus name, help us today, help us today, clap your hands, make a joyful noise, come on, we're apostolics here today, mm. this sounds better.
I feel him here right now. This is what we're desperate for right here. A divine eruption of your presence, Holy Ghost. Come on, don't stop. Please don't stop. Press into this moment. Yes. 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 Surely the presence of the Lord is here. I recognize it. I recognize it. I recognize it. This is why I came this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. Come on, let's do it just a little bit more. There's something glorious in this atmosphere right now. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. on this Sunday morning we need this more than we need anything we need this more than we need anything today nothing is more important than his presence right now nothing is more important in your world than his presence right now come on congregation just moved in here you'll maintain that you can be seated for a minute not careful we become such creatures of habit that we lose the spontaneity that that and when the day of Pentecost was fully come suddenly I fear today that we can become so professional we can become so orderly we can get everything right 
and forget Jesus. Where's Jesus today? Where's Jesus in my life every day? But not just every day, but every second of every day. Where is he? Psalms 92 and verse 10, But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Would you say fresh oil? The second law of thermodynamics is simply this. Everything tends toward disorder. Left to itself, an isolated system tends toward a state of maximum disorder. Left to their own, isolated from the outside influence, things will always get worse. They will not get better. Hebrews 1, 10 and 11, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands, they shall perish. But thou remainest, and they shall wax old as doth a garment. That's why we do not believe in evolution. It simply cannot be true. Things left alone will always get worse and not get better. They tend to get worse when left on their own, not better. That needs to become so redundant that you hear it today. Everything in my life, left unintended, will eventually fall apart and disintegrate. My body, if it is not cared for, will fall apart and disintegrate. If you don't believe that, try not brushing your teeth for a year. You can chuckle, it's funny. But the fact of the matter is that that thing that is so vitally important to all of our wealth and well-being can be so easily disregarded by just not caring for it. Not valuing the importance of something of that nature. It's not just your teeth, but if you don't change the oil in your car, if you don't keep your tires rightfully inflated, If you don't put the right kind of gasoline in, if you don't care for it, it too will fall apart and forsake you. Your yard left alone will look like a jungle. It will forsake you. Now let's reflect on us. Your marriage, your marriage needs work on a daily basis. If you leave your marriage alone, it too will forsake you. But the most important thing that we must guard against is the deterioration of our walk with God. It's the relationship that we have with our Creator and our Savior. It's been a while since I worked on it. should never come out of our mouth. We should get up on every morning and be so focused on the wealth and the caring and the well-being of my relationship with Him that nothing in this life supersedes or has preeminence over my relationship with Him. My, 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 my daily devotions, my daily relationship with Him. I am, I am on this journey right now of finding again my first love. I do not want to be the preacher that learns to preach without Jesus. I don't want to be the saint that learns to pray without Jesus. I don't want to be the guy that thinks he's saved but has no Savior. Thank you, sir. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the Pentecost that can have church without Jesus. I don't want to hear a preacher preach and not feel Jesus. I don't want to come on Sunday morning and not feel Jesus. Oh, God, 
baptize us with the feeling of needing you more than we need anything. Hallelujah. 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 Some, some are trying to find direction from stale vision. Some are trying to survive on stale bread. Some try to stay saved with a stale Holy Ghost. Some try to shout with no joy. There is possible to become so caught up in, in just protocol and the rules and the regulations and the way we look and the way we dress that we forget that this thing is a living organism. It is a living entity. It is not monologue. It is dialogue. It is not just Him dictating to us, but it's us having a relationship with Him. You are my sheep. I am your shepherd. I want to be known of you, but I want you to be known of me. I don't want you just to serve me because you have to. I want you to love me because you want to. I want you to rejoice in my goodness. I want you to love my presence. Come on, Pentecostals. Where did Jesus go? Would you lift your voice in your hands and just take a moment and worship the Lord with me? Hallelujah. Philippians 2 and 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. May I remind this precious congregation this morning that salvation is a journey. And you're going to have to work on getting saved and work harder on staying saved. I'm sorry if I cross theological swords with someone, but there is no way that once saved is always saved. Paul to the church of Corinth in 927 of his first book said, but I keep under my body. I bring it under subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. For this cause, Paul makes another statement in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I die daily. I don't ever want to wake up and say, I don't need to pray today. I don't ever want to wake up and say, I don't need to repent today. I don't ever want to wake up and say, I can rest because I feel like I've made it today. I can take today off from being a Christian. I can take this Sunday morning off from pressing into the presence of God. I can't. I can't do that. Because if I ever let one day happen where I do not know and recognize my sincere need of God, it may turn into two days and it may turn into a week and then I may learn how to have church without Jesus. And I am convinced today that the thing we need the most of is a fresh baptism of the presence of God. For in His presence there is fullness of joy. In His presence there is peace forevermore. Come on Pentecostals. You can't just sit there and not recognize how much we need Jesus. How much we've got to have Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I want revival more than I want anything in this world. Hear me preach just a minute. 
I want the influx of souls. I want to see people saved in the church. I want to see God do great things. But I'm also convinced that you can seek all of that stuff and never get it. But if you go back to seeking Him, you can't find Him and not get that stuff. I want God to baptize this congregation with 500 new baptisms. I want God to keep His word to this congregation. But nothing we do outside of finding Jesus brand new will ever compare to that basic need in Revelation. If we find Him, we find everything. If we get Him, we get everything. Come on, folks. He is the healer. He is the protector. He is, He is, He is. If you can just find Jesus you're going to find everything that you need if you're visiting here today you need Jesus if you're unsaved today you need Jesus only Jesus can satisfy only Jesus can lift you up come on rejoice with me about Jesus for a few minutes here today David had it right. Renewing me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Purge me. But don't cast me. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if the government would walk in here today and everything that we have preached since the beginning of Christ would start unfolding in front of your eyes. And they took law or they took a firearm and placed it against your temple and said if you don't recant if you don't fully disavow what you love what you say you're part of your life ends today i know that when we're sitting here with no gun we get this feeling that oh that would never happen i would never ever ever you may not have a gun pressed to your temple today the government may not as of yet legislated law to keep us from his presence but i can't help but wonder how many times we do this without acknowledging we do this would you stand with me and let's sing the hymn oh i want to see him and we stand and we start singing as i travel through the land singing as i go and we mimic the words we, we recite the words of a relationship with him I cannot help but wonder how many times we've sang songs like that and never felt his presence how many sermons we've heard and never felt his presence and yet nobody stood and said wait just a minute we've had church but we've not had Jesus we've heard from the word but we've not heard the word don't get quiet on me help me preach this today we're going to have revival we're going to see people pray through the Holy Ghost we're going to see God fill this sanctuary but if all of that's going to happen we're going to have to find Jesus we're going to have to get a hold of Jesus and say we can't have church without him we can't function I can't believe you're just sitting there I can't believe you're so nonchalant right now you are the one that I'm preaching toward today where did your Jesus go It would, it would never happen to me. I, I, I hear from angels and I, I speak to angels and I, I decree principalities and powers. Yeah, that's exactly what Eli thought too. Eli thought it would never happen to him. 
But it is possible when you do something long enough that it becomes mundane. It's possible when you feel something long enough that you become just a little bit desensitized to it. It's possible that when you expose yourself long enough to something that that thing becomes common. Don't, 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 don't doubt me right now. If you don't believe me, ask Uzzah when it lived in his house and he walked past it every day. And when you lose the newness of it and when you forsake the freshness of it, you will touch what is forbidden. The thing you said you would never do, you will ultimately do unless you back up and you keep the main thing the main thing. And that is above all, I must know Jesus. Above all, I must have Jesus. Beyond anything in this life, I've got to have Jesus. Oh God, help me preach this today for my spirit. I've got to have Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I can't preach without Him. I can't live without Him. I can't stay married without Him. I can't be a dad without Him. I need Hallelujah. It it never ceases to amaze me how quick people can just disengage from moments like this. And, and, And may I be so crude as to say it seems to me it's never the new convert. It's always the old converts. Oh, God, help me today. It's never the ones that just found him. It's always the ones that's known him a while. They're the ones that become so common with him. Help me preach today, Father. They're the ones that seem to be a little too comfortable with him. They're the ones that think they can get a week or two or three or a month and not, not press into his presence. But I've got to preach to you today that God's doing great things in this church. God's got this church right where he wants her to be. But what he needs most on this Sunday morning is to remind this group of people on the importance of knowing me. Don't lose me. Don't lose me. Don't ever, ever, ever try to do this without me. Eli. Eli, you know what's right. Eli, you know what to do. Eli, come on, Eli. Do it like you used to, Eli. Let's have church like we used to have church, Eli. And Eli, through time, Eli, through the natural process of life, lost that freshness. He lost the importance of small things, of minute details. Will you help me just a minute? He lost it. He forsook it. He called it unimportant. He called it unnecessary. And the Bible says that the eyes of this old preacher begin to wax dim. And that he could not see. He could not recognize. Now listen to me. What happened to him in the physical was a mirror of what was happening to him in the spiritual. I need you to look right up here at me. You better be careful that you do not misjudge what God is doing here right now. Be careful that what you see, be careful that what you don't think you see, be careful that you see what God wants you to see. I do not see the deduction of people. I see making room for the more people. God didn't promise us 500 and then dangle the carrot in front of us and then yank it away. That's not God that I serve. 
but he wants us to get the basics right you gotta have me to get it done you gotta want me more than you want that to get it done and I rise to this pulpit on this Sunday morning to tell us we are in the will of God we will do the will of God and God's gonna keep his word but we gotta find him we gotta get back to the knowledge of Jesus more than we need anything Come on, you need to stand to your feet and shake off that lethargy. You need to jump to your feet and shake yourself physically and say, I've got to have Jesus. We sing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place today. And I looked over the top of my glasses and I watched good people, faithful people, people that proclaim a love for Jesus. I watched you yawn. I watched you look at your clock. I watched you unconcerned. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. And we were saying, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place i tell you what you do. Walk into the cancer ward today and look them in the eye and say, Jesus is in your hospital room today. And they won't yawn. And they won't look at their clocks. You get my point? When you get among people who realize their need of him, and then you suddenly tell them he's here. It doesn't matter who's here and who's not here. It doesn't matter what the change is, what you like and what you dislike. All of a sudden, all that's erased. And all you can comprehend, he is here. He is here. The King of Kings is here. The Lord of Lords is here. The healer is here. He's on your pew. He's walking up and down these aisles. Jesus My God. I stay standing. Stay standing. I was walking through the airport earlier this week and we had a little time, so I was looking for a Starbucks and it was quite the journey. I thought, well, I got nothing else to do. I'll go find some coffee. And so I was about halfway to the Starbucks and all of a sudden, pandemonium breaks out. And people started running and screaming. And my first thought was, oh, my God, there's a shooter here. Okay, you didn't find that funny. I, I did. I thought, what, what's, what in the world could be happening right now? And so I looked, and there was this huge man, tall man, very big man. And people got to screaming. I wished I could tell you who he was. He was a basketball player, and they recognized him. And they about run me over to get to him. And he was trying to be so nonchalant, trying to get away from them. And finally, somebody just grabbed him. The picture started and the, and the autograph started. And I, I could not help. And this is where this come from. I thought, man, when's the last time I was in a Pentecostal service? Let me tell you something, Mr. Basketball player. You're good now. 
But in 10 years, they won't even hardly recognize your name. Hey, Mr. President, if you walked in here today, we would all stand and we would all give you an applause and we would all honor you and be all struck of your presence. But in just a few months, you're not the president anymore. Somebody else will be sitting behind that desk. But let me tell you somebody whose presence never fades. Let me tell you somebody whose stature never changes. Let me. But because we get comfortable with him, we lose. I'm just going to tell you just like this. Jesus is in this place. The presence of the almighty God is in this house. We must not grow. David, David said it right. If, if you're elderly and you need to sit down, you can. But if not, stand with me. Stay with me. This is a weapon we use. The psalmist said a great truth in his psalms. He speaks often about his need for God. Often about his relationship with God. But the thing that I found unique about David versus other writers is David made his basic need of God a daily thing. Did you get me? He said in 61.8, So I will sing praises under the name, under thy name forever. I'm going to sing about you forever. That I may daily be able to perform my vows. Let me just tell you, there's some places in this world I wished I could go. You don't have to be self-righteous with me. You can be honest. There are some things in this world I wished I could do. But his word asked me not to. And I make a consecration not to. But sometimes it gets difficult. So David said, here's a key to getting it done daily. If you want to do what he asked you to do, start singing about him every day. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. What are you doing? I'm just singing about him. Because if I put my mind on him every day, it allows me the ability not to lose the freshness. 68, 19, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us. Look at me. If we're going to have and be the church of the end time, we're going to have to lose this cultural thing that we are only, and he is only on Thursdays and Sundays. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, at least I don't think I am. I'm not one of those preachers that uses scare tactics and, you know, you got a blood clot forming in your body and 
if you don't run to this altar, you're going to have an aneurysm and die. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. But every now and then we need to be reminded that it is the hand of God that stays things. And that science and medical medicine proves to us that there are things that lie dormant in our bodies for years. That for some reason happens. But if I get this right, if I think on him, if I don't lose him, he says, I'll take care of you every day. Psalm 72, 15, and he shall live and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually and daily shall he be praised. You were here Thursday night and you praised him. But how about Friday and Saturday? Oh no, we only sing praises on church services. That's not what David said. David said daily, daily, daily. I wonder what would happen to church on Thursday and Sunday if we'd start having church daily. I wonder what would happen if we'd fall in love with just how good God is daily, daily, daily. Eighty-six and three. Be merciful unto me, O Lord. Be merciful unto me, O Lord. For I cry unto you every day. Be merciful unto me, God. And you know what he's really saying? Don't forget me. I know you've got your eyes on a lot of people in this whole world. There's a lot of worlds that you are governing. But in the middle of all of your economy, there's a little old me here. And if I just keep throwing my voice in your direction, your ear will be in tune to my voice. And when I need you, it won't be a new unknown voice. It will be the guy that praises me in good times. It'll be the guy that praises me not in church I'm going to give you manna. I'm going to give you manna. It's going to be good manna. You're going to eat better than you've ever eaten in your life. But you cannot gather tomorrow's manna today. If you gather tomorrow, I'll make it rot. It is not possible for you to get enough of Jesus today to survive tomorrow. And the reason we keep picking up what we've laid down in church services is because we don't keep putting it down on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. I don't have to be here to put it down. I can be on the road behind the steering wheel on my way to my job and say, remember what I talked to you about yesterday? I hear you. I feel you. I sense you today. Blessed is the Lord. Blessed is the God of my salvation. Come on, folks. Daily, daily, find Jesus. Matthew 6 and 11, Jesus said in his prayer, give us this day, this day, our daily bread. Two points. Give me this day, daily bread. I'm convinced. Listen, I know you're standing. We're, 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 we're headed there. I'm convinced of how many Pentecostals think they can get enough now and not even think about him till Thursday. 
No wonder principalities and powers and demons of hell rule our homes. Hey, I'm as good at home on Monday as I am here on Sunday. Because he's the same. If I learn, give me my daily bread today. <laughs> Luke nine twenty three. he goes on to say, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. I did it in 1976, August the 21st. I remember who was preaching. Yeah, but who, who was preaching yesterday when you did it? It's not a one-time gift to a sinner. It's a restoration ministry to a saint. Honey, I got to get to the airport. I got to be at so-and-so by this time. You mean you're carrying your cross into the airport? Everywhere. Every day. I know you're looking at me like I'm losing my mind. And that's our problem. My God, church, he's as good tomorrow as he's going to be today. He'll be just as rich in your house as he is in his house. The apostles understood this. They understood it. Because in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, 47, and they continued with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. So if I recognize Him daily, that's the way it works. We got to... We got to graduate beyond this mentality. If I can just get to church and swallow the doctrine, I am the church. I long for the day when we don't call for elders and deacons and preachers to baptize people. We just say, you got a bathtub? You got a swimming pool? I know where there's some water daily. Folks, if you live for him daily, he'll live for you daily. If you love him daily, he'll love you daily. It... Acts 5.42 And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus. We need freshness in our worship. Psalms 33 and 3. Are you ready? Sing unto him. A new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. The word new 48 times. A new thing four times. Every morning when you and I wake up, we need fresh mercy, fresh perspective. Lamentations 3, 22, 23. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because of his compassions fail not. What a promise. They are new. Every morning. Now, my mind plays a little different than most people. Sometimes that's dangerous. But if they're ready for me every morning, 
That means while I slept. Before I knew I needed them. He had them ready. I wonder how many times he's had to trash my day-old blessing. Because I didn't come pick it up. I'll read it to you again. It is of the Lord's mercies that I am not consumed. It's because of his compassion I don't fail. Come on, wrap, wrap, wrap your head around this. Limitations 322. It is of the Lord's mercies. Think about that. It's God's mercies that I'm not consumed. Nothing I do, nothing. nothing it's, it's not up to me. It's up to him. It's of his mercies. That we're not consumed. It's his compassion that keeps me from failing. 23. They. When are we going to wrap our heads around the fact that you can't out-compassion God? I mean, he gets up every morning and starts fresh. So if you stumbled yesterday and messed up and the devil's telling you that you can't get over nor be forgiven. When you lose conscious tonight, the great spiritual eraser goes to work. No, no, no. I don't want anything to do with yesterday. Bring me fresh ingredients. Bring me fresh. Because when he gets up, He's not going to have what he didn't get yesterday. You, you got to work with me. I'm not going to keep what he didn't acknowledge yesterday. I'm going to throw it away as if he took it. And I'm going to have fresh waiting on him in case. Just in case when he opens his eyes, before he moves his feet to the edge of his bed, his mind will come on me. And if he does, I will load him up for the day. Here's the danger, and I'm almost done. Is when we fail to recognize the daily renewal of loving Jesus. See? It's possible to lose him. Especially people that love him. It's possible to lose him. I know you're sitting here thinking, oh, I would never lose Jesus. He means the world to me. That's what Mary and Joseph said too. I'll read it to you. Luke chapter 2 verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem. Every year, now you know I'm pausing for effect, right? His parents went to Jerusalem every year. Every year. Well, that was custom. You're right, it was custom. They went every year, as was their custom. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, you know, they did what was obligation. As they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. 
Verse 44. But they supposing him, having been in the company, went a... Let me just tell you something. If you let one day go, they made it a yearly thing. And when they, but they supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. Oh, I wish I had more time. They sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass after. They found him in the temple. Sitting in the midst of doctors. Hearing and asking. And all that heard him were astonished. They had a 12-year-old boy with them. That could sit among doctors and philosophers and astound them. But he was just a child to them. Even after an angel heralded his coming. Even after him being born and conceived of the Holy Ghost. Even after the miraculous birth on this wise. They were so comfortable with his miraculous presence that they could be without him for four days and it not cause a panic. And what's more astonishing is they didn't know where they lost him at. And they turned to kinsfolk and companies and said, have you seen Jesus? Now, what, what kind of parent wants to acknowledge they've lost their child? We lost one of our children in an airport once. My, I thought my wife was going to have a, well, I think she had a mini stroke, to be honest. Panic, pandemonium. It was, it was horrible. And you just don't want people to know that you don't keep track of your children. And so they're, they're, they're on a panic mission, I guess, and forgot where they lost him. Had they just realized who he was. They would have known where he'd be. I think you've stood long enough. If they would really have known who he was, they'd have known where he'd be. They would have turned immediately and went back to Jerusalem, that city of God, that house of God, that presence of God, that place of God, that place where Jesus said he'd be. All times and all places. The mother of us all. The epicenter. This place. Had they went there first, they would have found. I, I wonder. I wonder. How casual. How careless. How desensitized we have become. And don't even realize. Some of you have been in this place now for almost two hours. And have yet. To find Jesus. And here's what's even more staggering. You're okay with that. You're really okay with not knowing where he is. 
I will close with this. Eli's eyes went out. He forgot the importance of taking care of small things. And his boys were supposed to assume the throne or the high priest role upon the death of Eli or upon a certain age of Eli. But he got careless. Stay with me. I'm done. He got careless. And the Bible says that the ear of the lamp of God went out in the temple. It was a small thing, an insignificant thing. If you're blind, you'd never know it. But his boys knew it. And when you get comfortable operating without what is needed, please don't make me go any further into this. There's a danger. And the danger is simply this. Your enemy is going to perceive a moment of weakness. And they're going to hit you hard. And the Bible says that the Philistines came. And Hophni and Phinehas went and grabbed the ark. And they took the ark from behind the veil. And they took it into battle. And the ark of God was taken. Does that not concern you? What concerns me about that is, how did Hophni and Phinehas get behind the veil? How did they touch the ark? Only the high priest. It hadn't happened yet. Let me tell you where it started. It started when they didn't think it was important enough to know the light was on in the temple. To know who was there and who's not there. And when you let this small thing disappear, disintegrate out of your life or priorities, it won't be long till your enemy makes a move on your home, your house, your mind, your life. And you have no weapon of defense. Because once you turn the light off, once you no longer search for him, once you long, no longer make sure he's with you daily, everything you need is gone. Everything you have to have is gone. I don't mean to scare you. I mean to wake somebody up here today and make you realize we're in the presence of God today. Whatever you have need of is in this presence today. Saint, whatever you need, he is. Visitor, whatever you're needing, he is. He is. If this church would lift their voices and their hands right now, there's no telling what God would do here in the next few minutes. Jesus is here.
That's it. Jesus is here. The king is here. The king is here. I say something here just just for a moment as a child I got fascinated playing a guitar and so I convinced my parents to buy me one and I was going to become a famous guitar player at least play in the church and so they they went out and bought me an old cheap acoustic guitar as a guy in our church that gave lessons and so I, I commenced the great journey after about three lessons, I was convinced that ain't for me. It's not because I didn't want to. It's because my fingertips hurt. So you get to our players. You know what I'm talking about? And Rick Phillips kept saying, just, just keep at it. I, I don't want to keep it. They hurt. Yep, they won't hurt long. Well, what do you mean they won't hurt long? They're hurting now. He said, you'll desensitize them. Just keep doing it long enough and you'll lose feeling there. You'll just get calloused. Look up here at me. I'm not going to beg you to come today. I'm not going to beg you to pray today. Because some of you, if, it took, if, I, if I wasted 30 minutes begging you, telling you all that needed to be told to get you to move, it'd take 30 minutes. Because if you do something long enough, You'll get beyond the feeling of hurt. You won't even know you're doing it because you will have lost the feelings. So I'm just going to tell every believer today, the thing you once said you couldn't live without. The thing you said if he would do for you, you'd do this for him. The King of kings, the God of glory, the God of your salvation. The glue to your marriage, the peace to your world is in this house today. Jesus is in this place. He'll load you up daily His compassion. He'll give you daily your grace. He'll give you daily His mercy. And some of you don't even know, you don't even care that you can't feel Him right now. You don't even, it doesn't even bother you that you've not clicked this whole service. Because you sat there long enough that you've lost the feelings. Sometimes you just need to stop long enough to be reminded of who He is and who we are. And the relationship we have with Him and the importance of getting the small things right. Eli, you keep having church with no vision. You'll lose the ark.
If you're here today and you've never received the Holy Ghost, you have no idea how good God is on a daily basis. Keep praying, church. Please don't leave this place without finding Him. Please don't leave this place without a personal encounter with Him. Let Him become your daily provision. Let Him become your daily mercies. Come on to the church, to the saints, to those of you that know Him. Move that layer of callousness today. Find again that level of sensitivity to the presence of God. Come on, you're in the altar. You ought to feel Him right now. You, you ought to recognize the greatness, the glory. That's it. That's it. That's it. I never want to live a day where I don't recognize and feel the presence of God in my life. I can't exist. That's it. You're all I want. Say it, say it, come on from your heart. Say it for a fact today. You're all I want because you're all I've ever needed. Don't ever let me lose you. But God, in case I have, I know exactly where you are. I can find you, God, because I remember where I found you the first time.
my desire No one else will do Oh yes, nothing Nothing Nothing, Lord Nothing could replace you, Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah Help me find a way Bring me back to you Oh, yes You're all I want You're all I've ever needed You're all I want Help me know you to help us with the tents outside. Please don't forget that. We need your help. 